0: Hey, guys, welcome to Triple Threat Training, where my goal is to equip the saints, spirit, soul and body from spiritual growth to mental health and physical health. My desire is to equip people to stand strong in every area of their lives. Throughout this podcast, I am bringing you trusted voices that have impacted me deeply and helped me grow spiritually, mentally, and physically. The purpose of Triple Threat Training is to address common issues that we experience in life and how we can function properly, spirit, soul, and body, just as God intended. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Triple Threat Training. I am super excited for today's podcast. I have with me Sarah Stapleton and we have some real conversation that's getting ready to take place around parenting and raising kids, uh, raising disciples, all of those things. And um, today's going to look a little bit different. Uh, Normally it's just kind of flows and I've got certain questions for the person that I'm interviewing, but today it's literally just going to be a question and answer style. I asked specific questions to um, some of my mom friends, and they said, This is what I want answered. Sarah had some questions come in for her as well. And so we're just going to go for it. We're going to equip you, mamas, you soon to be mamas, um, moms who are, you know, parents who are planning on having kids, whatever this is for you guys. And I am so excited. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm so elated for this podcast. Um, Can you share just a little bit about who you are for our audience? Yeah, thanks. I am so excited to be here too. This
1: is such a passion of my heart is just to speak life and encouragement into other moms. So to be able to use uh, this time to do that is such a joy of my heart. Uh, I'm Sarah. We live in Southwest Kansas. I live with my husband, Jeremy, who I've been married to for almost 21 years, 21 years in July. Um, We have three kids, Preston, who is 17, Cambry, who's 15, and Weston, who is 11. So I still feel like I am very much in the thick of the parenting game. Um, I've been through a couple seasons, and you know, I'm in different seasons now. But I know that there are still seasons to come that I haven't experienced, so I feel like I'm kind of monkey in the middle, <laughs> a little bit. Um, and we just we own and operate a working cattle ranch here in Kansas, and um, that's what we both love to do and enjoy just being here on the ranch. Um I also work for a sales and communication training, guide culture. Uh, that's kind of my part-time gig. And I um also love doing ministry for women and for families. So I'm kind of dabbling uh, in that a little bit and dipping my toe in to see what that looks like. Uh so we'll just see where God leads us with all of that. But that's what's happening now for us.
0: I love that. So I first came to know of you through guide culture. You know, Macy had shared some posts from you and I'm like, listen, I have to go follow her. And then (laughs) it, it was just like everything unraveled from there. And it was, has been such a blessing to just Uh, be in the same space and share that same space and just see your heart for ministry, Uh, you know, with moms, with raising, like raising up disciples, adult disciples, you know, discipling in Christ, you know, and then also the ranching industry and sharing youth ministry, all of those things. Like it was just, it's so neat and so incredible. And so, again, I'm so excited to have you here and we're just going to dive right on into it. So. Here it is. Uh, the first question that I had was what are some practical steps to start instilling spiritual truths into children at a young age? I love this question so much because the reason that I love
1: it so much is because I feel like it's something I could have done a little better and I think the first thing is like being intentional with it. It's like even before you have kids of thinking through what is it going to look like for me in everyday life to kind of be instilling spiritual truth. Um, because as adults, we know what that looks like for us. It looks like Bible study. It looks like a small group. It looks like church attendance. Well, that is not what it looks like for our little ones. Um, they, they don't sit down and absorb things that way. So what, what can I do intentionally? Um, and it's just little things. I think, like. Making sure that you have a a kid appropriate Bible. Do you have a storybook Bible in your home and are you reading it? Do you have intentional times during the day where you're going to sit down and read with your child? Um, And then Are you going to talk about those things, you know, later on, if you've read the story about Noah's Ark, for instance, um, when you're outside and you see animals, you're going to talk about God and how God created all things, you know, and and he saved all the animals. It's just building those little habits of talking about God intentionally in your day. And I think it, it, it really takes thinking about it ahead of time and kind of knowing what you're going to do so that you're constantly looking for opportunities
0: Right. And when they
1: present themselves, then you can do the little things that you've kind of planned, whether it's talking um, singing, you know, kids love to sing. So you probably experienced the same thing growing up, like you were in Sunday school and you learned all these songs Mm -hmm. and they still minister to your heart, you know, even though they're kind of childish, um, they have good biblical truth in them and they speak to you and you remember them, you know, at, Mm -hmm. at different times. And it's the same for our kids. So pouring those things in, um, finding good, um, kind of extra biblical resources that, that have a biblical worldview, you know, we don't have to just, just be reading the Bible to our kids, right. We can be reading other things, uh, that have good biblical truth kind of in, in as the foundation. Mm -hmm. And we can be pouring that into our kids too. But, um, it's really, I think just looking for opportunities. How can you constantly be talking to them about God and putting just those, you're just like Johnny Appleseed, you know, you're just spreading the seeds and you don't know where they're going to kind of take root in your child's heart, but you want to give them opportunities, uh, especially as they grow, because you might have one kid who loves to read uh, that. I had one who was an avid reader and, you know, we put um, like the action Bible in front of him when he was in first grade. And I think by the time he finished second grade, he'd read the whole whole thing have other kids who do not like to read, mm-hmm. like don't, they, it's not their thing, but they love music. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just pouring into them, giving them another route or another avenue um, mm-hmm. to, to put God's word in there. Um, so I think the, the last thing that I would kind of say about that is just checking your own heart as you're, because this is really the initial stage of like training and instruction for your children. And so you have to think about the long, the long game. Mm -hmm. And so as a mother, what is your heart? Is your heart for when they reach, um, you know, maybe, elementary school or middle school or high school that you have these trophy kids that who behave in a certain way that have all the right answers that do the right thing so that you look good as a mom and people say hey oh look she did such a great job raising their her kids or is the goal that you raise kids who have christ as the hero of their life it's not about what mom did in their life. It's about what he did in their life. And just being intentional as you move through the stages of parenting of just really taking those moments of like checking your own heart and saying, okay, what it, what is my purpose? What is my goal here? And just being really honest with yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, repentant if you need to be, and just fully trusting in the Lord to carry
0: you through. Right. I love that. Uh, side note, when you said Johnny Appleseed, and i was still like on the sunday school songs i was starting to think of the father abraham <laughs> song and i'm like over here marching in my head i'm like okay it is it- and it is so true i mean just thinking about you know the pivotal moments when i was little you know sitting in church with the adults not only that but being intentional to go to sunday school beforehand of like my family recognizing okay she needs that extra not only to you know get to know people and, you know, learn Mm -hmm. how to converse with adults and, you know, peers and stuff like that, but also because they have tools to teach her, you know, some of those things and, you know, and then even asking after church, what's one thing that you got out of the sermon today, or what did you learn in Sunday school, you know? Um, and so I love all of that. That is, that's so true. I'm going to take it just a little bit deeper though, because I was thinking of this question, you know, and just being in youth ministry, um anyway but I know that there are also a lot of parents who maybe they didn't grow up with you know just the the church background they weren't raised in a church maybe they didn't even know Jesus as their savior then and they did not until just recently and their kids are teenagers you know so what are some things that they can do you know, with having teenagers or even kids, preteens coming into their teenage years, how can they start instilling some of those spiritual truths into kids who in some of their most formative years have not maybe even learned about something like that? This is a great question. First of all, I say
1: celebrate because if God can do that in your life, he is fully capable of doing the exact same thing in your children's lives. Um, And so remove that pressure from yourself of you have to do it all and, and allow God to do the work that he is going to do in their lives. And he knew full well, when he gave you these children that you didn't have a church background that you didn't grow up in the church and that you were going to be walking through this. So depend on him as your guide. That is the first thing I would say. And then the second thing I would say is find a mentor or someone who has walked this path in your church ahead of you and say, okay, I don't know what to do. Uh, I, I didn't grow up like this and I'm not sure what to do and get some help. And The third thing I would say is just be honest with your teenagers or your preteens. That is all they want from you is to know that you are human, Mm -hmm. that you are a real person and just say, Hey, look, I didn't go to church as a teen. I didn't grow up, you know, in youth group. I don't know about any of these sort of things. And so I don't really know what we need to do or what's going to be helpful. And so we're going to figure this out together is what we're going to do. And just say, just being honest too, in your everyday life of like, I know that we haven't read the Bible as a family before we haven't done devotions we have, but we're going to start right. and we're going to learn together and it's going to be hard. And it's going to be awkward. And it's going to be weird. And we're going to feel like we don't know what we're doing, uh, but we're going to trust on the Lord to guide us exactly. and to just shape our hearts. And I think that's what older kids want more than anything right. is to not be, you know, lectured at or preached at, um, but to be, accepted and kind of included in things that are happening. Um, and and they need to see you like wrestling with it and struggling with it too. I think that's one thing that, sometimes trips us up as moms is we think, okay, I have to be like modeling everything perfectly so that my kids, you know, get this perfect model. Well, if that's what you want, then they need to be looking at Jesus because that's yeah. the only, he's the only one who ever modeled anything perfectly. So remove that pressure from yourself and let your kids see you walking through, especially if you're new to the faith yourself, um, they need to see what it's like to, yeah. to see to see someone, you know, in those early stages of their faith and, and in that growth
0: process. Right. I totally agree with that. I mean, walk it out before them, let them see all of it because preteens, teenagers, even young kids these days, they're not naive. They're not as naive as we think they are. (laughs) They pick up on a lot more than we're aware of. And, you know, when we walk it out before them and I learned this just, in a couple of years of youth ministry of like walking that out before them being 100% honest, not sugarcoating anything. They don't want anything sugarcoated. They want to know the absolute truth and they want to know, okay, here's the problem. Here's how I walk it out. And they're watching you. And yeah, there's probably going to be those times where they might look at you and be like, oh, well, who do you think you are? Because you weren't (laughs) living like this before, but Welcome to the Christian walk. I mean, seriously, like that's part of the sanctification process of just, okay, well, I wasn't this person before, and it's going to take some time because I mean, those are habits that you've built and you've got to like unroot that, you know? So I, yeah, I love that. That's, that is so good.
1: You know, it's really the way kids learn. Even if we go back to that initial question of like when they're younger, kids are constantly watching Mm -hmm. and and that's, you know, I love to say that more is caught than taught because they're constantly watching. And how many times have you seen your kids imitate something that you've done? You either hear words come out of your mouth that you're like, oh, yes, I say that all the time, (laughs) or you catch them doing something that you do. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you're like, oh, I, you recognize yourself in them. And so that is, that's what we want as to continue to model, uh, because even as our kids get older and we think that they're not watching, we think that they're not listening. They really, really are. And so continuing to model, um, just model behavior that we want them to observe and imitate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's so true. I cannot tell you how many times, like, on a Wednesday night, you know, we'd be doing a lesson or something. And I'm like, these kids are not paying attention. At the end, you ask them a question. It's like, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, what? Okay. You know, so it's just, it's, it's so fun. I love that. Or they they say like,
1: remember when you said last week? And I'm like, no, I don't remember saying that at all. And they're like, well, you did. I'm like, okay, I got it. You know, like you just, you never know. And especially as a mom, you know, like you'll hear your kids say something and you're like, I think I say that probably a hundred times a day and they're picking up on it. So it's, you know, that just goes back to looking for opportunities to help them think Mm
0: -hmm.
1: with a, with a God perspective, like kind of have that lens of, um, biblical worldview on all the time and help them think that way.
0: I love that. So speaking of, you know, older, older kids, How do you cultivate that fire as they begin to get older and maybe lose interest in some of the things like church, youth group, devotional time, all of those things? I would say look at yourself first. Do you have a fire
1: for those sort of things? Are you uh, excited and motivated for your own Bible study time? Do they see you doing Bible study? Do they see you excited about pouring over God's word? Are you sharing what you're learning? Like, hey, You know what God showed me this morning in my Bible time? Do they see you excited about church? or Are you complaining every Sunday when it's time to get ready? And, 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 you know, and you're dragging your feet. Are you you late to church every week? You know, do you have a small group that you're part of? I mean, if you're preaching to your kids, like you need to go to youth group, you need to go to youth group, you need to go to youth group, Mm -hmm. and you're not involved in anything yourself what you're modeling to them is that, Hey, these things aren't really that important. And so that's what they're seeing. They don't care what you're saying. They're like, well, mom can say whatever she wants, but she's not doing it. So why should I? Mm -hmm. So that's my first thing is like, check yourself. And are you still doing the things that you want them to be doing? Because that's like huge. I think the second thing as moms that we need to remember is like, we're ambassadors for Christ. So, um, you know, if you think about like a king and he has an ambassador, the ambassador has like a little bit of authority, but they don't have the power that the king has. Uh, the king still has the ultimate power. And so that is where we operate kind of in this relationship uh, between our kids and Jesus is he is the power. Uh, we just have a limit, a, kind of a limited amount of authority in their lives. And so we can't change their hearts. Um, we can we can help them change, you know, we can do things that that work for change, but we don't have the power or the authority to actually make that change for them. And so we need to be more concerned with, this is just my opinion of who they're becoming instead of what they're doing. So if they go through a phase where they, you know, youth group, all these activities just don't seem important to them. um, I think the first thing is to start asking questions. You know, if you've had a kid who for years couldn't wait to go to youth group and now all of a sudden doesn't want to go, what's going on? You know, so as a mom, get super curious and start asking questions like, Hey, what's going on? Because it might even be that they want to go. It might be that something's happening. That's making it uncomfortable for them to go. Maybe their friends are making fun of them. Their friends quit going. You know, it's just, sometimes it's just the little things that we kind of as adults lose sight of sometimes. Um, and so ask questions, but also just remember, like, it's more about who they're becoming than what they're doing. And so check their hearts, check their minds, um, and see where they're at because, it really may be about something completely different than losing passion for the activity.
0: Right. Right. And I love that. And that's, that is so true to even, you know, just think about what, what's going on on the outside. Like, why do kids suddenly not want to go to school? Well, something had to have happened in order for them, for them to come to that decision, you know? Um, And something that I do want to add, because this is, I mean, this is pivotal for me as an adult, you know, Uh, there are times that, it's hard for me to press in. It's hard for me to push through, but remembering that I'm cultivating, I'm planting that seed. So it's something that's continually carrying me through no matter what, it's not like, okay, well, I'm not getting anything out of it. No, but you're feeding your spirit, man. Like you're, you're going through and stepping through with those actions to, you know, do something like that. And so, um, that's, yeah, that is, that's so true. It's helping them build consistency, you
1: right. know, even though it might be hard, which is again, which it goes back to, you know, asking questions and getting curious and finding out and then helping them work through whatever that might be so that they can continue to be consistent in their spiritual discipline and their spiritual growth. Um, because consistency, you know, is the long game. And that's, that's what we want for our kids um, is to be, you know, to be in it for the long game.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So this one I know is going to go in a little deep, but we had, or had some parents ask about how to handle hard conversations, especially in the cultural issues today. And more specifically, like it was honestly geared to toward like pornography and dealing with some of those things or, you know, Mm -hmm. other difficult questions that parents have to address. And they're, again,
1: my opinion, there has been no other time in history when these conversations, at least for Americans, when these conversations have been more relevant than they are right now. And so our parents did not have to be equipped for the types of questions and the types of conversations that we're facing. Mm -hmm. That being said, I think that the answer would have remained the same no matter where in history, these conversations fall. And that is, what does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. You don't have to give your opinion. You can take it straight back to the word of God and you can look at the word of God and you can say, okay, here is what God says about X, Y, or Z, whatever pornography, um, you know, whatever, pick something. We can go back to the Bible. And I had a, gr- a friend, I was talking about this one time on Instagram or something similar. Um, I think it was kind of about like just pouring into your kids and the different things you could do. And uh, she sent me a message and was like, she had heard somewhere for every question, every question, no matter what it has to do with, uh, always go back and ask your kids like, well, what does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. And she gave me this great example. They were having chips and salsa and her kids were asking her, were our chips good for us? And she was like, what does the Bible say? And she said, they kind of gave her the side eye. Like the Bible doesn't talk about chips and salsa, mom, <laughs> you know, and she's like, right. It doesn't, but it talks about clean and unclean foods. Mm-hmm. So they got to have a conversation about the Bible because her question, her kids were asking a question about chips and salsa, you know, and then they got to talk about their bodies and the way God created their bodies. And he made good foods, you know, and, and foods that aren't as good for us. And as long as we take care of, you know, we eat foods that are good for us and we take care of our bodies, you know, the conversation could go on the same sort of thing applies to these hard conversations. If your kid comes to you and says, you know, I'm struggling with these images that I'm seeing on the internet, what do I do? what does the Bible say? Well, maybe the Bible doesn't say explicitly, you know, doesn't use the word pornography. Um, but you can see where it translates into sexual immorality, you know, things like that. And you can make the application from there because kids don't have that. Well, they do have the ability to interpret scripture, but they don't have the experience that we as their parents or the adults in their lives have had to be able to make, to help them take that interpretation and make it application in their lives. So um, just going back to the Bible um, and just not, don't live in a place of fear. Right. Mm -hmm. God, God knew that we were going to have kids in this time and in this space and he equipped us for it. We have so many things at our fingertips now Mm -hmm. that generations before us did not have, you know, we have the ability to, if we maybe don't have a verse memorized, but we know it's in there, we can go to Google and type three words in and it will bring it up for us. Mm -hmm. And then we can go back to our Bible's we have access to commentaries to all these things that help us unpack these because a lot of times when we're talking about like these heavy cultural issues uh, you know like transgenderism all these sort of things um It feels really heavy and the the parts of the Bible that talk about it can be a little bit confusing. You know, they're, they're set in different contexts. They're in different cultural times. Mm -hmm. And so we have all these resources that can help us as parents unpack these things so that we can help teach our kids. And I think we, as the, the adults and the parents have to be able to say, again, honesty and transparency. And if our kids come to us and say, ask us a question that we're, we're not fully equipped to deal with say, Hey, you know what? That's a really great question. I feel like I need to kind of look into this a little more before I tell you something that maybe isn't a correct interpretation or application. Um, let's if they're older, especially let's both look at, look at some things and let's come back together and let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, and, and just remove that pressure of like, you have to have the
0: perfect right answer on the spot all the time. Right. Right. And I think something else too, just thinking about it is helping them walk that out. How can they walk that truth out? You know, because knowledge is one thing and we can have all the knowledge in the world, but if we're not walking out what we know and we believe, then what's the point of having the knowledge, you know? And so helping them walk that out. Of okay, here's what Scripture says about it. Here's the application. Now, how can you walk this out? You know, and and mm-hmm. walking it out biblically and in love, you know, and 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 addressing those issues. And yeah, it is it is hard, but I love what you said. of Of God has equipped you for this mm-hmm. time. I mean, it's not a secret. Like <laughs> we were made for this specific time, and yes. we've been given that. And I'm I'm so thankful for all of the resources for people who have walked this out before, you know, to be able to say, yeah, here's what happened and here's how we handled it. And this, you know, to just be able to go back and utilize the resources that we've been given in more ways than one. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to add to that. Like you really have to kind
1: of balance, especially a lot of these conversations are going to come. Well, they're probably going to start earlier even than they did with my kids, you know, just because, The world is moving so much faster now, Um, but balancing, like keeping them rooted, you know, in your home, but also kind of letting them go. Because what we don't want to do is like put them inside this little bubble, Um, because I, I read a quote one time that was like, culture is not the most dangerous thing for our kids it's inside ourselves. That is the most dangerous thing. So we have to kind of guard and protect, help them guard and protect their own hearts and minds. Right. So that when they go out into the world, they can think correctly and they, you know, they have the correct beliefs. And so that comes with a balance of, of protecting them, helping them kind of have these roots, but not doing it so much that they get out and they're like, Whoa, right. Like what is happening? Mm -hmm. Um, And so just finding that balance and it's going to be different, honestly, for each kid, I feel like, you know, some of my kids need more, you know, like you, when you plant a little baby tree, you, you stake, you put stakes on either side and you kind of tie it down so that when the wind and the storm, you know, storms, it does, the tree can get some roots and so that it can be stable and grow up into a big tree. And that's kind of what we want to do for our kids is kind of help stake them down so that they can get those roots. But at the same time, there comes a point where you remove those stakes and the tree starts to grow on its own. Right. And so we have right. to find that balance of like putting those stakes in the ground for our kids and then knowing kind of when the, the right time is to untie them right. and let them kind of start developing that on their own.
0: Yeah. Which goes back to, you know, just walking things out in front of them, you know, letting them see what's going on and how you handle. And, you know, I've got some incredible parents around me, you know, they're very quick of when they walk something out incorrectly, they sit their kids down and say, I didn't do this right maybe my heart was right in the very beginning of why I was, you know, but the way mm-hmm. that I carry this out was incorrect. This is how, you know, and so like letting them see the struggle, but also not being afraid to say I did it wrong, you know, and that's yeah. not admitting a weakness that's helping them like, oh, this is the right response. This is the wrong response, you know, and letting yeah. them see all of that. So, yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the last question that I have, and I know you've got some as well, but the last question was, why is it important to raise your kids to know the truth of God's word? And why is it important to equip them to walk it out in their adult lives?
1: Well, the first part of that question, why is it important to raise kids to know the truth? Because God has told us, that that you know take it all the way back to Deuteronomy that is the command of parents is to raise your kids up to know and love the Lord and so that's the first reason why we do it is we walk out of obedience to the Lord if he has blessed us uh to be parents and he's given us kids then our next step in obedience is to raise those kids up to know him Mm -hmm. um now again that's not like we don't have the power to to do that for them but we are ambassadors for him. And so right. we've been told, you know, certain things that we're to do as parents. And so we have to do that. Um, what was the second part was, why is it important to equip them to walk that out? Yes. Again, I think it's because it goes back to that's what God has commanded. You know, if, if you are a disciple of Christ, then it is important that you are walking out your faith mm-hmm. and And that is something that has to be taught. You know, the spirit works in us to a degree to help sanctify us along the process. But God created this model of discipleship in community and family, that's what family is. It is the first community where discipleship is born and created. And so, you know, that's what Jesus did with his disciples was he was available for them. He spent time with them. He, He helped them take what he was teaching them so that when he was gone, they would be able to go out and walk that out on their own. And that is our job as parents. You know, our kids are not going to be with us forever. Right. We're not going to be with them forever. And so we have to equip them to walk that out on their own. And we just follow the model that Jesus has given us because we know that it works. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I, I also think it's important because they're, they are going to go out into uh, a world that hates them mm-hmm. if I'm just be quite honest I mean we're we're moving into uh, a world that hates Christians yeah um, and it's going to be they're going to feel the effects of that even more than we do as their parents, um, as they go out into the world. And so they have to be equipped for that and they need to be prepared for that. Um, you know, that's why Ephesians six gives us, tells us to put on the full armor of God. Uh, if we leave one part unprotected, that is, that is a place where the enemy the world can come in and attack them. Mm -hmm. And the attack is going to be fierce. I mean, Satan is after uh, your kid's hearts just as much as God is. And so it's important that we equip them, that we teach them, you know, what does it mean to put on the full armor of
0: God? What does it mean to walk and carry and stand firm with that armor? Um, Because they're going to need it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, just thinking about that, you know, as you read through scripture in the last days, it talks about there being like a great falling away, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and we see deception taking place even now. And we see the struggle that kids are facing, even adults, like nobody is exempt from the deception that's taking place. And so, you know, you can't just, Expect them to soak it in like a sponge, and that be that be it. You know, you have to sow into their lives just like you're sowing into yours to walk it out, to stand firm on the truth, to walk out the hope, you know, of what Jesus did for us, and to to be a light in a dark world. I mean, we've got the greatest. Thing. You know, we've got the greatest relationship for people, and there are so many people who are broken and who are hurting and need the gospel they need jesus you know and and how can we do that if we're not walking it out ourselves if we don't know what scripture says to come up against these cultural issues because to the to them to the people who don't know jesus and or maybe who slightly do and think okay but it's being tested how are we supposed to be able to defend against the lies that are being believed there when we aren't walking and knowing the truth ourselves yeah. And that's just it.
1: I mean, you, you can't know that it's a lie if you don't know the truth. Right. And so that's, that is the cry of my heart as a mom is not, I don't want to so much time talking to you about the lies that the world's going to tell you as much as I do want you to be planting those roots in the truth so mm-hmm. that you know, for yourself, when right. you go out and you hear a lie, you're going to say, Oh, I know that's not true. Yeah. And the reason I know is because I know what truth is. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's huge. And you know, as our team, as our kids get older and they start to have more freedom, uh, and they're kind of spending more time away from you, like this is the thing I was not prepared for as a mother. Is that you know you have these kind of like this first season where it's you're just hands on, you are doing everything, and then you kind of have this other season where you're more kind of coaching them. You know, you've trained them up, and now you're kind of like just filling in as the coach, Mm -hmm. Uh, but then there comes a season where you do not spend near as much time with them as they spend with other people. Mm -hmm. And so you don't know what's happening, you know, in their lives, what they're thinking, how they're acting. And so as a parent, I think helping them like walk out those truths is asking a lot of questions Uh, and, and just saying like, Hey, how, you know, what? went on in your day-to-day. How did you experience God? How are you the hands and feet? Like, what were you thinking? What were you saying? What were you doing? Um, And and if you create a culture in your home that's open and honest and transparent, uh, where they feel safe, you know, like where your love is not conditional upon their answers, Mm -hmm. then you're going to help them move into a place where they can walk that out genuinely and authentically, which is what we want as parents, not as kind of these little robots that we've created who know the right answers and know what to do. And so they
0: just do it so that they can earn our approval or love. Right, right. That is so true. I love that. So I know that you've been asked a few questions as well. You put out a poll on Instagram. Were there any questions that were not answered?
1: we we covered a lot of them in our conversation but one that i really thought was a great question was about why it's still a good decision in this time to have babies to have kids to get married and have families mm-hmm. and i think that's probably a great question even our teenagers yeah. might be asking as they get you know as they start to leave home is like man do i want to get married do i want to mm-hmm. have kids especially as the church starts to, to really evaluate eschatology, you know, and like, yeah. are we approaching end times? Are we seeing prophecy fulfilled? And and our kids hear that, you know, if, if they're in church and, and they're in uh Bible study, youth group, if they're in, you know, Christian circles, they're hearing things. Right. And so they might be having questions. And I, my answer to that is you know, God is sovereign Mm -hmm. and God is in control of all things. And the reason that it's still good is because I can't find anywhere in the Bible that it says, you know, stop multiplying right at a certain time. Um, if that's what God wanted us to do, he, it, I think he would have laid it out for us and and it would have been clear in scripture, you know, as you approach this time, Um, but he doesn't say that. And so I, my belief is that God intended for us to keep doing what we're doing until he calls us home, whether that's, you know, through natural death or through a, uh, through a rapture or whatever the case may be. um, That's what God has called us to. And we don't have to be afraid. You know, I, I don't want, I don't want young people, single people to be afraid of, you know, well, what if I get engaged, but I never get to get married because God raptures us, you know, before then praise the Lord, yeah. you know, Like just <laughs> praise the Lord in all of it. You, you got yeah. to be engaged, you know, and, and just remember to like, once we get to that other side, we experience a new heaven and the new earth. Um, none of it, yeah, it's not going to matter, you know? Um, so just enjoy life right now. Uh, and if you've prayed and you've reflected on it and you feel like God is calling you to get married, to have a family, um, then pursue that, pursue Mm -hmm. it. And if you feel like God is calling you to a life of singleness, uh, with no family in preparation for something, then be obedient to that too. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to walk out, uh, what God has called for you. Um, You know, if God intends for you to have kids, you'll get pregnant. You know, Mm -hmm. you just, I just believe that. I believe that God is sovereign and what he intends will happen. And we honestly need Christian parents to be having kids, you know, and raising them up to be Christians
0: and just continuing to be workers in God's kingdom. Right. Absolutely. Well, and even one of those things too, you know, and just thinking about, because I mean, my husband and I, we don't have kids um, yet, but it's like, we're surrounded by kids on every side and parents need godly people to surround their children. So even if you don't have kids in this moment, or maybe you're thinking, okay, I'm not sure right now, you know, you just, Cause there, there is like, I do believe that there is a season for people, you know, of okay, mm-hmm. right now is not the time, but it will be soon, you know, or maybe they're walking something different out, but don't, don't neglect the fact that you're surrounded by kids either. And you yeah. can so into their lives, just the same as they were, would, if they were your kids, you know, and, and sometimes that's needed in those kids because maybe they don't feel okay having those hard conversations with their parents, but they feel yeah. safe with you you know you can impact them just the same you know and and just parents knowing okay I have solid Christians that are surrounding my kids and if anything happens and they go to then I'm not even going to be upset because I know where they stand you know so just recognizing too that you're impacting kids uh that are around you and I think that's the biggest thing for me um not having kids is knowing it doesn't matter. Kids are still watching me.
1: I mm-hmm. might not be
0: their mother, yes. you know, they're still watching me walk it out though. And, and walking in a manner worthy of the, the calling that yes. God has placed on my life, you know, walking that out in confidence and what that looks like is, is just as important, you know? So, and I love that question. It is so true. Cause it is, there's a lot that are surrounding that and, you know, just dealing with, well, what if I want to chase a career? Well, I don't want to give up, you know, and just going through all of that. And it's just like, stop looking at the world. Stop Mm -hmm. looking at what the world is telling you to do. You know, you can be a mom and a business owner. You can be a stay at home. You, You know what, whatever God is calling you to do, do it. Like, yes. Can we just stop using the world as a standard by which we live? Because as we know, They're crazy. Like it's a crazy world. So,
1: yes. And just be flexible. You know, God might call you to one thing in one season and call you out of that in another. So, He might be calling you to uh, a season of singleness or, you know, with no children right now. Uh, And He might call you into another season. And you might be, you know, I've experienced that myself. He called me into a season of, you know, 100% motherhood for a while. And then he called me into a season of balancing, you know, motherhood and, and work and, and it's bounced back and forth. And, uh, You know, it's probably not what I would have picked at the beginning if I would have been like, okay, let me map this all out. Uh, But it's been, it's been perfect in his timing and it's worked out how it should. So yeah, just don't measure your standards by the world's. Again, what does the Bible say? Right. You know, Go back to what does the Bible say? But I want to make one point on what you were talking about, about like spiritual, you know, people who can influence our kids outside of us who are godly and good, um, I think that is huge. You know, I'm a biological mother to three, but I'm like a spiritual mother to a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And, and uh, I love that role so much. Like I call those my kids because yeah. I am so invested in their spiritual health and the spiritual development, but I am also constantly looking for people who can pour into my kids in that way, because I, I am their biological mother, right? And so you as their spiritual mother can speak things into them that they that I might have said to them 1000 exactly. times exactly. And they're going to hear it differently from you, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that is crucial that you are are finding people that you know and trust that have a good biblical worldview um, that can pour into your kids. And that doesn't mean that they're like scheduling, uh, you right. know, a, a, an hour to do Bible study with your kids. Right. Um, it, you know, we have a, a our pastor is like, hey. I want to take your kids golfing, uh, you know, like one morning a week this summer, just to, you know, help them with their golf game. But I also know that he's going to be pouring into them in yeah. a, in a way that is going to ground them and help them grow those roots, right. even if it's happening on the golf course. Right. So find those people for your kids, help them find those people, um, and be those people for other kids.
0: Yes. I love that. And that is, that's so true. I mean, Yeah. I'm not a mom, but I, I, I guarantee you those youth kids are mine, no matter how often I see them or not. They're, they are yeah. my kids. Like, and I will go to bat for them. Like, yes. listen, Mama bear's going to rise up. If anything <laughs> happens, like I guarantee you. Yes.
1: Right. And right. it's, it, it creates like s- such special relationships because uh, I recently just had a birthday and I just was so like, I just caught myself giggling a couple of times because I literally had messages from like a third grader, you know, like happy, happy birthday Eve, all the way up to like my mentor who's in her nineties, you know, I'm like, I had kids Mm -hmm. who are, are not mine, like sending me happy birth, like the sweetest happy birthday messages. And that, that is fulfilling to me, Mm -hmm. but And I love that. But what I love more is knowing that the reason that that relationship is so so special is because it's rooted in my desire for them to know Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. It is, it is. And there's, there's so much more that we could go on and talk about. Oh, well, um, yes. <laughs> and, and we might just have to do like a follow-up podcast episode with just a whole lot more questions, you know, just go on from there. Um, but if there, I mean, and I know you've covered a wide variety of topics and given so much incredible advice, but if there's one thing that you could leave with parents today, what would that be? I think the one thing that has been the biggest
1: transformational thing for me and my parenting is that my kids don't need a perfect parent because if they did, they wouldn't need Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so just understanding that releases you from the bondage of, of fear-based parenting, because you don't have to be afraid that you're going to mess something up. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you are, <laughs> let's just be honest, you're yeah. going to mess things up. Uh, but because their salvation does not depend on you, it depends on Jesus. You are free to parent in the best way that you know how to continue to be sanctified as you parent and just trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my, that's my biggest thing. I think that's transformed my parenting, but also I think can transform anyone's parenting, is releasing that pressure of you have to give your kids some sort of perfect childhood, perfect experience. You have to do things a certain way. Um, you don't. And yeah. and thinking that you do causes more more heartache in a family than just getting honest and saying, you know what, I'm not going to get it perfect. Uh, And that's why you need Jesus.
0: Right. I love that. I love that. Okay. So where can our audience connect with you?
1: Yeah. So I love Instagram. So you can just find me over there. uh, Sarah underscore Stapleton. It's just S-A-R-A, no H on the Sarah. Uh, I, I dabble in Facebook a little bit, but I do have a fun community over there. It's the Growing Faith Community where we are just... We do a monthly Bible reading plan. We're kind of reading some extra biblical books that help keep us, our our own roots growing uh, and just connect with one another over there. So that's the Growing Faith Community. Uh, You can just search it up and ask to join and
0: we'll let you in. So those are the two places I am the most often. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll put those in the show notes. And if you, you guys seriously get connected with Sarah, um, she is an incredible force just for the kingdom and encouraging you, equipping you, equipping moms to walk it out. And if you just need that extra spiritual growth, help, you know, someone to come alongside of you and walk it out, get connected with Sarah. I'm I'm not kidding whether you're a parent or not, you'll be blessed by everything that she has to offer. And I love it so much. So Sarah, thank you again for joining me. Um, It was such an honor.
1: Well, thank you, Taylor. This was so fun for me. And I just hope that this is a blessing to the people who are listening.
0: Yes, I know that it will be.